afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in the spirits to gather around us here today for our conversation. I call in the ancestors. I call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in my ancestral line and in yours. I call in to those ancestors who understood how to live well, how to live simply, and how to live based on the truth, the deep truth that they felt in their bones, that they felt in their hearts, and that they saw resonating around them. We call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today that we might hear what we need to hear and what needs to be spoken will be spoken and all that needs to transpire can transpire so that we can all learn today what it means to listen to the voices. We call out to the energy of the earth below us and we give thanks to this great mother for this wonderful, beautiful, exquisitely magnificent home that we all share. It's a very small, small place and getting smaller every day. Let us live well in the world and know that we are connected to everyone here, everything here, every being here. And let us live in a good way, given that knowledge. We call out to the earth to help to fi- help us to feel grounded, to help us to feel our sense of belonging, and to feel our sense of interconnectedness with each other. And we reach up from the earth with open hearts and open minds to the sky above, all the way up to the highest power of the universe, and by whatever name you call that power, call that power down. I call the energy of the sky, the highest power above, to come into our proceedings here today to bring us generosity, to bring us blessings, and to protect us that we might become vulnerable to new ideas, vulnerable to each other, and vulnerable to our soul within us that needs to come into this life and do something true and important. So we call out to the energy above to come into our lives and bring us the mentors and the champions that we need to do whatever it is that we have come into this life to do. So with the sky above coming down to meet the earth below, which rises up, we are here in the middle, held by the ancestors, and we call out to the energy of the heart. And we ask for the energy of the heart to be strong and courageous within us here today. And we ask particularly for that magic of the heart, which is the single place within you that has the capacity to blend the passions of your belly the one place within you that knows without error why you are here, and the clarity of the mind that allows us to make sense out of disparate things. We call the clarity of the mind and the wisdom of the belly together in the heart, and we ask that courageous heart to help each one of us to know ever more clearly today why we are here, what our unique genius is, and to bring that soul's purpose into the world. May our proceedings here today assist each one of you in doing that. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. Our topic today is listening to voices. There's probably a better name for it. I'm not always great about creating titles, but this is in response to constant questions that I receive from students and from clients and from people that are just emailing in asking, but which voices do I listen to? So I'm here encouraging people to connect with their spirit help and to listen to these voices and to allow the voice of their heart or their soul or the spirit help to guide them in their life. And people are saying to me, but which voices do I listen to? So this comes to me, this question comes to me from clients and from students. I actually lecture usually annually at this paranormal class at a university here in Portland, and the professor always challenges me at the end of the lecture, you know, but how can you be sure? 
How can you be sure what you're really listening to? We live in a culture that pathologizes the experience of hearing voices. And this leads the conversation about voices in our heads into conversations that organize themselves around good or bad voices, right or wrong voices, what are the voices, and whether or not we should be listening to them. So which voices do I listen to? Ultimately, we end up with nothing helpful in terms of understanding this answer, this question itself, and the answer that comes from it. And ultimately, we don't really end up with very good treatments for people either who have too many voices in their heads or really, truly, deeply are suffering in not knowing which voices to listen to. Now, for me, I don't think this topic itself is really that confusing or inscrutable. In some ways, it's not even that big a deal. You all knew this answer as a child. You all knew it very clearly. I see this in soul retrieval work all the time. Children know what's going on. They know what's real, and they know what's not real. The issue is the adults around them that no longer remember what is real and what is not real. And in my experience, that the point of view itself around the voices, is our contemporary point of view around these voices, is what is wrong-minded. So let's change that for this conversation today. For this hour that we share together, let's look at this whole question of which voices do I listen to from a very, very different perspective. So follow along with me here, and I will do my very best to present an alternative perspective from which to view this experience of inner voices. So first off, let's all get a grip. Every single person hears voices in their head. Can we all get on the right same page with that? There is no one walking that doesn't hear a voice in their head. There, most of us, if you're going to be quite frank, we have the voice of our ego in our mind all the time, at least. There, and For some of us, there's a distinction between our ego and our identity, our personality, and now we've already got three voices in our head. When we sleep, Sometimes when we work in altered states, we might hear the voice of our soul. Sometimes that voice speaks to us in interesting and creative ways. Nonetheless, here's another voice. We're already up to four, and I'm talking about the same people. right? Many people hear the voice of God very sincerely, sincere, good whatevers, Christians, Muslims, Jews, whatever. They hear the voice of God in their life in answer to their prayers. So now we're up to five voices. So these are normal, the, the normal, everyday, regular people, right? And then the New Age brought in this term, the higher self. And not that it's a bad term. I just don't find that it's really very helpful because as I sit and listen to clients talk about their lives and their experiences, people use the term higher self. But it means many different things. Thus, it's not that useful a term because people mean different things by it. So it actually is sort of confusing. So we're not going to get into the higher self much today. But there are many, many things that people hear. Some people you know, swear they hear their higher self, whatever that means to them. We all hear a voice of instinct within us unless we've completely trained ourselves to ignore our gut instinct about things. People have intuitions all the time, although people try effectively to train that voice away. People hear the voice of inspiration all the time. 
but many people train that away or shut shut that down. I personally believe everyone hears their divine self. There are deeper voices we can hear. I have had moments in my life where I've heard a voice so old, so ancient, so wise, I can only explain it as the voice of my DNA. And that voice has only arisen twice to do one thing, was to make sure I did not mate with a bad DNA pool. Very interesting, right? There's a voice of the mortality of humanity that pregnant women talk about hearing this voice as they're giving birth that connects them to all the women that have ever given birth and will ever give birth. There is a voice of oneness that some people hear. There are many inner voices in terms of psychology. Some In some systems, they're called subpersonalities. Mar- they could be marginalized selves. They could be shadow selves. There are many, many inner voices that take shape. The inner child or the wounded child. or And then we move along. I hear people talking all the time about their inner critic, their inner judge, their inner controller, etc. These are all voices everyday regular people talk about hearing, right? So the point is, how is listening to the inner critic telling you that you are such a loser you should just go kill yourself any different from that unfortunate person you pass every day on your way to work mumbling on the sidewalk? How is that nasty voice any different in your head than that person's head? I present the possibility today in this conversation that it is not any different. It's an issue of degrees. That for high-functioning people, they have many voices in their heads, but those voices that encourage them to go to work, to succeed, to do well, outweigh the voices that tell them to go lie down and shoot themselves or whatever. That, that it's about the degree in our mind between tearing down voices and building up voices. And it's also about the degree to which the tearing down voices are supported by your own internal belief system. Not the belief system you think you're carrying, but the belief system you are carrying, the deep belief system that motivates what you do. That if a tearing down voice finds purchase in that deep belief system forged in childhood, that tearing down voice gets reinforced. And so I suggest for us today, and I'll go into this a bit deeper after this next break, but I suggest that there may not be that much difference between you and a crazy person other than matters of degree and the relative balance within a person of tearing down voices and building up voices, the way in which those voices are supported by the deep internal belief system. Now, this may be a new idea, but I'm telling you this is good news because that balance between tearing down and building up voices and that balance between the tearing down voices and your belief system Both of these things are completely changeable and mutable within you. You have the ability to change that balance. And this, I believe, is what we're really talking about when we're talking about knowing within ourselves which voices to listen to. And so I'd like to approach our conversation today not talking about what is or isn't crazy, and whether voices are good or bad, or techniques for understanding good guys from bad guys. What I'd like to talk about today 
is how you cultivate a strong inner core that always resonates with the truth. And it is from that inner core that you notice whether the voices that you're hearing in your life are resonating with truth or falsehood. And that, as we all got taught as children, you should listen to the people that aren't lying to you. And that is really the essence of knowing which voices to listen to, is they are the ones that resonate with your own inner truth, the truth you simply have not yet been willing to tell yourself. So this is our conversation today. I hope that you will join me after this break as we continue to explore the crazy experience of being a human, of listening to the voices in your head. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, on Why Shamanism Now, and today we are speaking about listening to voices. Which voices do you listen to? And I'm presenting the possibility, a new way of looking at this that I think ultimately will be more helpful, which is, when I'm po- so in that, I'm posing the question, how is listening to your nasty inner critic or your controlling, internalized voice of your narcissistic mother, or any of these voices that you've internalized in your life and am spending a gajillion dollars talking to your therapist about, how is that any different than those poor, unfortunate people that have so many voices in their head they can't function in the day? And I'm suggesting it isn't any different, that it is really a matter of degrees and a a matter of internal balance, the balance between tearing down voices and building up voices And then the relationship between those voices and how they dovetail or are supported by your internal belief system. And one of the things I have experienced working with shamanism and 20 years of clients is that the oldest belief system wins. In other words, within you, the oldest beliefs, the beliefs forged as a child when you really were trying desperately to survive, that these beliefs that are older and deeper win when it comes to motivating you into action in your life. And we are often very unconscious of them. We try to go learn new things, go to workshops, we learn new systems, but those systems are being overlaid as, like with new software on old operating systems. And frankly, some of that software is not compatible with your operating system. And so this is what we're talking about today is how a tearing down belief that gets some purchase with an old belief inside. So if I have a belief that I'm unworthy and I have a deep story from childhood that I'm unworthy, that unworthiness is going to manifest big time in my everyday life. And then that unworthiness, because that's where I'm oriented, is going to generate experiences that prove back to me in my life that I'm unworthy. And that'll be my perspective. So whether I'm having those experiences or not, I'll tend to interpret my experiences to reinforce my belief that I am unworthy. And so you see, we're really talking here, I think, about a matter of degrees. Um, A student of mine who's a psychiatric care nurse was sharing with us in a group one of the pieces of her training was to have to wear headphones all day and all night that have tapes on the headphones that are like the inner voices that people that would be cared for by these psychiatric nurses would have to listen to, and that the nurses were asked, the exercise was to wear these headphones with voices incessantly telling them about the tearing down voices, 
you know, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself, or on and on and on, right? Constantly playing on these headphones, and they're asked to go live their life, grocery shop, go to class, try to, you know, finish their degree. This is nursing school, after all. And many people couldn't. They finally just took the headphones off. They couldn't function with this in, these incessant voices in their head. And so I'm... I'm suggesting that it's just simply a matter of degrees, that these voices are louder. They're finding a lot of purchase in a belief system that's supporting the fact, an idea that they are true. And that the person's own inner sense of truth and resonance with a greater truth has been destabilized by the experiences in their life. And that they can't hang on to anything other than that. And that that leads to a sort of a dysfunctional relationship with the voices in our head, whereas I think everyday waking, normal, functioning people are in the same boat, just to different degrees. So, I mean, think about it. When you're tired, I know when I'm tired, I can't see things. I can't. I can't see things accurately. I don't. I often get so overwhelmed and so frustrated. Um, when I'm tired and I've got a lot of things going on that I can't see how things are going to work out, everything is annoying, I start making poor decisions. When I make poor decisions then about food, I've got poor nutrition going on, so then my brain stops working very well and I make more poor decisions, and then these poor decisions result in my life responding back to me poorly. Of course, I don't see my decisions in it, I just see my life reinforcing for me these negative ideas And then that reinforces the whole tearing down belief system, and then you become more vulnerable to those inner voices that encourage you to think poorly of yourself, of others, of life. And the next thing you know, that night you don't sleep well because now you're dwelling on something, and you wake up in the morning, you have too many cups of coffee, and it just goes on and on and on. And when we live that way long enough, or we're extra sensitive because of our gifts in the first place, or we're suffering from unacknowledged abuses in our young life that shaped our belief system in odd ways, the voices can grow stronger. And we begin to become vulnerable to those voices themselves. And then we become vulnerable to to the outside voices, people or spirit energies, external voices, whether they have form or not, that are reinforcing this big negative belief system. And... I'm not really certain there's any difference between regular functional people and people that cannot function due to their inability to balance voices. I really think it's just an issue of degrees. And, of course, the next step that we move into, um, since we're exploring shamanism and the possibility in our current contemporary lives of a shamanic interpretation of the world, is as we become vulnerable to these outside voices, we become more vulnerable to the issue of overshadowing, as Betsy Bergstrom would would talk about in and you can go listen to her shows which are downloaded here on my site or possession itself and then we have an energy that is feeding off something within us and and reinforcing some negative story or voice we've already got going on with within ourselves so anywhere that your own internal belief system supports the tearing down voices in your head or in your life, your boss, your partner, your whatever, we become vulnerable to these energies in the external world. Another way to say that would be is if your desire is to protect yourself and your inner value, then stories that don't resonate with your inner value create vulnerabilities. And it's harder, the more negative your belief system about yourself, the more unresolved your childhood stories are, 
the more vulnerable you are to outside influences getting in. So this, in general, or actually not in general, very specifically, this is one of the main things that is the result collectively of the four-year training that I do. I know I'm not training shamans. I'm training people. I'm training people to become spiritual adults, to bring these energies to bear, to live their soul's purpose. This is what I'm training people to do because as I look out in our contemporary world, that is not happening in the education system. It's not happening in most family systems. It's certainly not happening culturally. It's not happening politically. And for the most part, it's not happening in people's religious lives. And frankly, it's not even actually happening in most people's spirit lives. That there's a whole lot of a huge, wonderful wealth of opportunity spiritually these days and in our practices like yoga and qigong, but that they're patchwork. They're cobbled together. They don't come together in a cosmology that allows us to strengthen our inner core, to know within ourselves a deep resonance with a deep truth of the real energy going on here, and to then continue through our practice, through our life, to reinforce and strengthen the beliefs that resonate with the deeper truth, deeper than humans, the bigger energy that's really going on here behind all the form that we see in things. And then from that strengthening of that core, to listen then to the voices in our own mind, the voices of others, the voices of the spirit world even, that resonate with that truth and guide us on that path and help us in understanding the message from our soul about why we are here and what we are doing. And that the whole purpose of this four-year training, in a nutshell, is to free you from your stories that would make you even ask the question, what voices do I listen to? And so it's to free you from your stories, to to strengthen you, to strengthen your core, and to align you with the singular truth of these deeper energies that reside here, the, the, the small assortment of beliefs that you find in all the mystical traditions, in the spiritual, in the pieces of the spiritual traditions that work, that we are all one, that we are connected, that we are all of the same energy. Everything affects everything. All things are sacred. This basic core truth. Given that, how do we live? Right? And so this is the purpose of the training that I do. And it all comes back to this simple question. What voices do I listen to? So one definition of the shaman is a crazy person who has cured his or her own insanity. And that that is the function of a successful initiatory experience is that the shaman is brought into, through the experience, their deepest fears, their greatest insanity, and they find their way through that forest. And if they don't find their way through, one of two things happens. Some die. Most just come back a little bit off. And because they're a little bit off, they, it won't affect their ability to communicate with spirit. They're still quite capable of doing that but it affects their interpretation. And this is another thing that we'll continue to talk about as we discuss this, this topic here today. But the important thing is we need to really look at, why, to understand this whole, which voices do I listen to? Why are shamans, initiated shamans, able to, quote-unquote, talk to the invisible spirits and get useful information for us 
when at the same time I stood in line behind a woman at the bank, right? She's clearly talking to invisible spirits and is not helping her at all or anybody else. So how is that different? You know, how is the shaman and their capacity to assist themselves and others different from the woman in the bank teller line? What's going on? Right? Again, we're back to matters of degrees. We're back to looking at the fact that shamans are selected for the clarity of their hearts, not for their ability to communicate with the spirits. Everyone has the ability to communicate with the spirits. Everybody has the capacity to connect. The question is interpretation. How do you interpret the voices? How do you select who to listen to, and how do you interpret? And in the shamanic world, cross-culturally, the spirits, when they choose who to initiate, they are choosing based on the quality of the heart, not the kick-ass shamanic skills communicating with the spirits. I have many clients and students that journey and connect with the spirits far better than I do. Their skills communicating with the other world are greater than mine. But what, what the difference is, in terms of who is selected by the spirits, is the quality of the heart. And the reason for that is a clear heart can see the truth. And it's that connection and resonance with the core truth that helps us know which voices do we listen to and which voices do we ignore. And we'll continue with this point when we continue after this break. Thank you all for joining me here today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Christina Pratt, and today we're talking about listening to the voices and knowing which ones to listen to and which ones not to. So the clear heart, or a clear heart, your heart, is the core foundational element for creating an internal energy structure that will resonate with the voices that resonate with the truth. In other words, you are like a stringed instrument and that when the truth passes by, it will resonate or vibrate that truth cord. If there's no truth going on, that cord just lays still. So there is either yes, resonance, truth, everything else is a no. That's actually the key to this whole question. And so what I talk about with people is cultivating this inner truth cord and learning to notice resonance with the truth, no matter the source of the truth. No matter whether or not you like the truth. I mean, that's the biggest issue. Most of us don't like the truth. And the third thing, no matter the ramifications on your life of the truth. And that is another reason we choose not to know the truth. Because it's going to cause change or we fear it will cause conflict or imbalance. So the point is, that we need to develop a strong core internal energy structure that resonates with the voices that resonate with the truth. See, it's not true that you're a loser. So that voice that says that all the time in your head is lying to you. It's not true that you're a loser. It's not true that you're worthless. Right? It's not true that you're alone. I know it's not true, and I've never even met you. Nonetheless, I know it is not true. This is what I know. I know you are divine. You are innately worthy 
meaning. You don't have to do anything to have value. You are innately valuable in this world. I know you have come into this life with a unique gift of great beauty that only you can offer this world. Your whole life is one face of God or the great oneness or whatever you want to call it, coming to know know itself through you and your life. And I know you are not alone because none of us can be alone. We are interconnected with things in form and things without form. And there is always guidance. There is always care. I know these things because they resonate with my truth cord. I know them because they resonate with the greater truths that exist underneath the world of form that we experience. We listen to the voices that we feel resonating with the truth. That's the simple answer to the question of which voices to listen to. No matter the rank of the voice, no matter the privilege of the voice, no matter the power of the voice, no matter the authority of the voice, no matter any of that, what we listen to, with or without a body, the voice, we listen to the voices that resonate with the truth within us. For that to happen, first we need to know a deeper sense of the truth. We need to have some education around what is really going on here. And we live in crazy, wonderful, interesting times where the shamanic truths and the mystic truths that have been held by humanity throughout all human time are now being resonating with, being explained by, interfacing with, and correlating with science, cutting-edge science. It's a crazy, wonderful, interesting time. So first we must know the truth, those high truths, like we're all one, everything is sacred. Then we need to construct and free our own inner truth cord, This line of truth that runs from the highest power of the universe, doesn't matter what you call it, just that highest power, down through the top of your head, through your body, down your grounding cord, down to the center of the earth. We have a visualization for that on the radio show about grounding. So first you need to construct and free your truth cord so that it's free within you to resonate with the truth. And then we each need to learn to listen to the resonance of that chord while we're in our day. An internal listening to that resonance with truth, with intuition, with instinct, with inspiration. And then once we know the resonance of truth in our bodies, this resonance of our truth chord as messages go by, then we know what to listen to. Then we know which voices to listen to and which voices to ignore. We all need to understand, regardless of the time we live in as humans, that we are still human, living on this planet, in this universe. Humans are variables, the planet's a variable, the universe is a variable, but the relationships among them are all constants. Given that, there are certain things that do not change. The body speaks from the belly. The body doesn't lie. 
That's why we rarely listen. The body, the belly, the deep, deep, deep place within the body is one of the greatest places to begin listening for your own truth. The heart is really important in this work. In the beginning, though, when there's so many stories, so many old belief systems running within our head, the heart can get hijacked. The heart can get hijacked in stories and dreams and fantasies. But when the heart is aligned with the belly, it speaks some of our deepest truth because in our heart we connect so deeply to our soul. Now the head... The head is almost always lying. It can't help it. It's just how it is. It's kind of a sneaky little weasel. But at times, when the mind, the deep indigenous mind within each one of us aligns with the belly and the heart, the mind brings then the clarity to be able to articulate that truth, the crystalline clarity that the mind can bring to things, things that only the heart can intuit and feel and the and the belly is just saying yes or no about, the heart can, the mind can begin to interpret. And we must learn then to have this alignment between our belly and our heart and our mind and to bring that alignment into each day, go through our day as a contemporary person and with that alignment of the truth, learn the resonance of the different voices in our head. We need to learn to know the tone, essentially, of the voice of your soul communicating with you. It's different from the voice of your ego. It's different from the voice of your identity and personality. And that you can feel the difference of the voices and how they interact with your heart and the cells of your body. Learn the voices of your own spirit help. Don't listen to any old spirit help that goes by. Who is here to assist you in your life, living your soul's purpose. Learn that energy. Learn the resonance of that voice. And that's who you listen to. Most of the yammering you can ignore. And there's a whole lot of people with a lot of rank, a lot of privilege, a lot of power, a lot of authority. You can ignore a lot of them too that what's most important is that we listen to the resonance of our own inner truth and the guidance in our world around us that resonates with that truth and helps us to understand our own true path forward, helps us to understand what are we ready to release at this time, what are we ready to grow out of at this time, and how are we ready to go forward. In essence, how are we ready to get out of our own way, and how are we ready in our life to go forward towards, towards our soul's true purpose? And that we really can cultivate over time the feeling inside of ourselves, the difference of these voices. We can learn them, and we can learn largely who to ignore. There is a movie, I don't really remember when it came out, it was a, a while ago, it's called A Beautiful Mind, and most of you have probably seen it, but in this man is a brilliant mind, but also is plagued with things we would consider mental illness. And that ultimately, he simply learns which voices to ignore and thus is able to go on in life, to love his wife, to be in loving relationship, and to do amazing, I believe he was a mathematician. But anyway, he was very, very intelligent and was able to give these gifts to the world because he was able to learn which voices to ignore. 
it took him time, and there was great suffering and hardship for him to figure all this out, but he also didn't get to listen to someone on a radio show who was saying, you know, maybe you don't need those drugs. Maybe you need to learn this resonance with the truth and to align with that. And so this is the possibility that I'm offering, is that for us to answer this question, what voices do I listen to, there is no answer that's the same for everybody. What there is that is the same for everybody is the need for each one of us to cultivate a strong sense of our own inner truth and use that as our own alignment and judgment about what do we pay attention to and what do we choose in our life to ignore. So thank you everyone for joining me today and I hope you'll come back after this break for the final part of this conversation today about listening to voices. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we're talking about which voices do you listen to? How do you work with the voices in your head? And I just wanted to take a minute and and share with you some of the aggravations of this human issue that we all have, which is learning which voices to listen to, whether they're self-generated or otherwise. And one of the things that's happening a great deal today, because many people have a feeling, you know, there's got to be more out there. There's more to life. Why can't I access it? And then people are going on these amazing trips to different countries, often in those trips experiencing powerful plant medicines or entheogens, plant, plants that help us to connect with that unity of all things, the oneness of all things. And often when people come home from these adventures, um, there's simply too much noise here. There's, they've been opened up to certain things. They come back. They don't really fit in their life anymore. There's a lot of old voices that return when we come back into our life that are internalized. Um, it's very confusing and chaotic. Usually, significant change needs to happen, but a person doesn't exactly know how to do it. Another thing that's common today is that people um, are experiencing spiritual awakenings in traditional practices, but they're experiencing them often at stages that the people teaching don't understand them for what they are. In other words, to put it simply, I was recently speaking with a young woman who was studying yoga, and for reasons nobody understands, started having true yogic breakthrough experiences way early in her practice, you know, years before someone would normally start to have those breakthroughs, and they weren't interpreted well or correctly, and thus she went into a whole spiral of being diagnosed with mental illness instead of really understanding that for whatever reason, who knows why, the practices were working and she was having spiritual breakthroughs and she needed to be in the presence of someone in that tradition who could guide those breakthroughs and help her understand what they were. So once again, she's got things going on in her head. They're not matching up with people around her. Everybody thinks she's crazy. So there's another problem with this voices in our head issue. Another thing is when people do start working in shamanism, um, and they start learning to journey and communicating with spirit. They do so without um, what I would consider any common sense, but they basically just just go excessively into their journeys, communicating with any helping spirit that walks by, and get their whole lives tied in knots because there's no discernment going on. They're not trained to have a sense of discernment in their work. And then another common um, sort of too many voices issues that I see is is one where um, often spirit is blamed for some kind of intrusion or possession when the person really just simply has a really negative belief system and they're pretty much doing it to themselves. And then there's the corollary to that 
which is when we don't look to spirit, when people really do believe they're being manipulated by outside forces and people are um, encouraged to see it as themselves when they know some external forces doing it to them. So these are the f- kind of the four main categories of real issues I see around this whole voices question. What voices do we listen to? I guess the other ones would be simply people that just in general have too many voices and then people that are trying to get a voice, trying to have some connection to their soul or to spirit and trying to connect with something. Um, so that would be the problem, I guess, of no voices. And I would say for all of these issues, these things would not be issues if we were taught from the time we were children to be grounded, to have boundaries, how to protect ourselves energetically. And we started cultivating from um, latter childhood the, the development of our own inner sense of truth, the clarity of our heart, the connectedness of our heart to our belly so that we can know this deep alignment of what's really going on around us and with our belly and our heart to our mind. And that if, if we were teaching children how to cultivate this, not early age, but, but in their sort of preteen life and into their teens, they wouldn't be approaching the rest of life so utterly ill-equipped to actually process and understand what is going on. And that this issue of voices comes largely from the fact that we don't accept the fact, because we pathologize the whole idea, we don't accept the fact that voices in our head is completely normal. What we need to be doing is approaching contemporary life with that understanding and do what 97% of all of the cultures on the planet do, which is support a culturally sanctioned altered state practice that allows you to cultivate your inner core of truth and then use that inner sense of truth to resonate with the messages that you're receiving, be it from another person, from a spirit guide, from your own soul, from whatever. And that this this issue is at the core of all of these um, too-many-voice issues that are uh, present in our contemporary world. So as we're coming here to the end of our conversation here today, let me just offer this. And if you're driving or moving around, operating heavy machinery while you're listening to the download on your iPod, you're going to have to do this part later. But I encourage those of you that are seated or standing to just listen. Imagine from deep in your belly, deep in the bowl of your pelvis, that your energy can reach down to the center of the earth to tap the very center of the earth and invite that energy to rise up. You can visualize it or imagine it or sense it as cool, silvery, refreshing energy, very much like a spring bubbling up from the ground on a hike where you've run out of water days ago. So this this wonderful silvery energy rising up to nourish and to replenish. And this energy brings with it all the wisdom of manifestation how to live here as a human in this world of form that we experience. And it bubbles up there into your pelvis. And you reach up through your body, out to the top of your head with your mind, with your awareness, and reach up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you call that energy, call it down as a great column of golden light, bringing it down through all the layers of the sky, into the top of your head, down through the space of your head and your neck, your chest, your heart, your solar plexus down through your belly and all the way down into your pelvis. 
And this golden energy brings with it all the wisdom of the cosmos. So it is the source of all the mystical teachings. All, all the wisdom is there and call it in. And allow this energy of gold and silver to blend in the bowl of your pelvis. These energies come together in the great alchemy of life as we know it. They are wise and they know how to be in union. They are the great yin-yang energies. And allow this core, then, of silver and gold light within you to begin to support the clarity in your own belly. Um, You can focus on it there in your belly. You can focus on it in your heart. You can focus on it in your mind. And in this way, you begin the very first steps of cultivating your own inner sense of truth. So take that with you as you go this week. Practice, practice, practice. And thank you for joining me. I give thanks to the ancestors for being with us here today, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Thank you all for being with me this week. I hope you'll spread the word, invite people to listen, and join us next week.